When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Manage Smarter is presented by AdMall, SalesFuel's sales intelligence program for media and agencies that help sales teams sell smarter. Learn more about AdMall at AdMall.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. In my uh, career, I've worked um, in an agency, public relations agency, small regional family agency still, but also for one of the biggest global brands on the planet in-house doing PR as well. There's not, there's nothing like agency life. It's very different if you've never lived it, right, Lee? Well, you know, I have worked with many agencies over, over the course of my career, marketing mm-hmm. agencies specifically. And, you know, the, 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 one of the things that I saw a lot of was, uh, you know, they were started by creative people. And, you know, and, and they love that aspect of, of the business. But where they ended up, you know, cause, you know, causing their downfall as agencies is not paying attention to the finances and the business side of, of the agency world. So that's what we get to talk about today. That's right. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong, the Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith. I am the CEO of SalesFuel. Yeah. And our guest today not only created his own amazing agency, he's an expert in agencies about the finances, (laughs) how to build them, what agency life is like, uh, the differences, you know, all of that. And we're very lucky to have John Morris with us today the founder and CEO of Ramsey Innovations and a serial entrepreneur, he says. Prior to Ramsey, he established Rise Interactive back in 2004 with prize money from his second place finish in the University of Chicago's prestigious New Venture Challenge. Over the next 16 years, he grew Rise from a one-person shop to one of the largest independent marketing agencies in the world, selling in 2018. And while pondering his next move, he realized that he was most energized when connecting and helping fellow entrepreneurs grow their businesses. Ramsey Innovation's mission to transform marketing agencies by providing them with world-class agency-specific financial management and strategic planning all at the fraction of the cost. So, John, welcome. This is going to be great. I don't think we've talked about this before. Excellent. Thank you, Audrey. Thank you, Lee, for having me on here. So I think we wanted to start with a snapshot of the current state of agencies. We know there are many different kinds of agencies, but are there any trends going on right now that you want to talk about? You know, what I I actually have a presentation this Thursday. I gave a presentation last month on uh, just the recession. And, you know, knowing that whether we're in a recession, we're potentially hitting recession, uh, what I'm cautioning people about is a domino effect. And what I explain to people is that when you're in a recessionary time period is you generally would be impacted. You just don't know where, when, or by how much. And so when you hear about all the layoffs that have happened at Google and Facebook and you know, you name the large organization, those companies probably have also cut back on their vendors. And those vendors could be 
an agency's client, or it could be the client of one of the clients of agencies. And so uh, I've seen a little bit of pullback, not like massive amounts that are hitting some of the agencies, but I also think that there's more to come. And generally what I recommend in this time period is to be much more focused on profitability than let's just say top line growth. Um, And just be prepared to build some cash reserves and make sure that you're ready to weather the storm should you be impacted. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Where we see cutbacks generally you know, during during a recession, if indeed we go and and actually have one, which is still up to, for some debate, yeah. is you know the, they cut back on training, you know, but they cut back on marketing, you know, and, and then of course in the tech sector where were they overhired, you know, dur- during the pandemic and over the past ten years or whatever, now they're seeing a correction there. So, but you're right though, it's like it it is a domino effect, and eventually it will hit, hit the service providers. And the thing is, like, there's so much unknown and so many conflicting uh, sets of numbers that we're that we're getting here. Where it's it's really tough to plan for it. I mean, so uh, my hat's off to you trying to make that happen. Actually, one one just thing I'd also add to it is, you know, given you know the theme of sales, is there's also a big opportunity during a recessionary time period. So if you think about, you know, just the concept of dancing of one person takes a step back, another person takes a step forward. You want to be that one that takes a step forward. So this is the time to expand your what I'll call owned and earned uh, media. It's a time to expand your aggressive sales tactics, start attending more networking events, uh, start doing more outreach and, you know, really take advantage that while other people are pulling back, you could potentially grab some more market share. Yeah, for sure. I think that, um, you know, the nature of agency life that I was quite young when I joined that agency, I didn't understand the expansion and contraction, you know, like an accordion that was tied directly to the accounts. And so (laughs) what you're saying is put your foot on the gas and try and add as many accounts as you can uh, right away. That makes sense. Lee, you want well, to talk uh, about finances, finances too. Uh, well, I do. It's just like, you know, one of the topics that we we haven't covered yet is EBITDA. And it's like, and you, and you talk about that as being the key to selling and particularly as important to, to marketing agencies. So I would like you to kind of uh, dive into that a little bit. A- absolutely. So for those who don't know what EBITDA is, it's earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, and amortization. So it's a, it's a long, fancy way of saying profit. Uh, typically, an agency wants about 20% of their revenue to be profit. Now, as you think about growing and you think about how do you expand your business, you can dial that up or down in terms of if you have good investments. So, for example, when I was running Rise Interactive, you know, we targeted a much lower EBITDA percentage. It was generally closer to 5%. And that extra 15% was our private equity approach to investing. So we spent more in sales and marketing as a percent of revenue than probably any other agency uh, out there. And we, we did it in two ways. So the first one was the EBITDA, where we targeted a lower percent to allow us to invest in the growth. But the second thing is there's this concept of gross margin. And everyone's heard about it, but I can tell you after analyzing the financials of hundreds of agencies, most agencies do not know what their gross margin is. So I'm just going to give a few definitions to explain it. That's great. Then explain why it's really important as it relates to sales. Uh, So 
First definition is revenue. And I'm going to talk about two different types of revenue. There is gross revenue and net revenue. In the agency world, oftentimes you're managing media and that media literally comes in your door and then goes out the door to Google or Facebook or someplace that you're spending that money. That money is not yours. And so your gross revenue includes all of your fees plus all of that pass-through revenue, such as media. Then there is net revenue. Net revenue is what we care about, and that is your true fees. The next definition is something called cost of service. This is every single thing that you do to work on your client. So it's your people, your technology, any tools you license, travel and entertainment, all goes towards doing client work. That would be your cost of service. Your gross margin is that net revenue minus your cost of service. I want you to be at 50%. And I'm gonna explain how this impacts sales and marketing in two seconds here. Typically when people come to me, they're in the 30% range. It is next to impossible to invest in sales and marketing. And it's next to impossible to actually make any money if you're in the 30% range. When you get into the 40% range, you can start investing more in sales and marketing and you can start having some money to put in your pocket. I had two clients, both about 5 million in revenue, both doing the exact same type of thing, both going after the exact same type of customer, both in the exact same market. One was making a million dollars in profit and one was losing money. And the difference was one had a 60% gross margin and one had a 25% gross margin. So the key is that if you can have a really high gross margin, so I just want you to think about that. If you do 5 million in sales and your gross margin is 60%, that means you have $3 million to invest in the operations and sales and marketing of your business and put some money in your pocket. If you have a 50% gross margin, you only have $2.5 million. And so you can see it just keeps on going down in terms of your investments. And so what we want to do is help you make sure that you are still delivering for your customers. You're not screwing over your employees and burning them out, mm -hmm. but that you have a really profitable business that allows you to invest more in sales and marketing. And that was the key to my success at Rise. We really focus on how do you constantly improve gross margin? And then we took that money and we invested in sales and marketing. Well, that's an interesting topic that I wanted to touch on is the financial impact then of people that leave agencies voluntarily. And, and you know, what is that? Because it's something I, I think that because there's not a line item in the budget that people don't take it seriously enough. Yeah. So in terms of employee attrition, you're referring yeah, to? Absolutely. Yeah. Client attrition is something totally different. We know that we know there's a significant right. impact there. But yeah. employee attrition, I think, is something I, I wanted to hear more about. You know, uh, uh, one of the people who I really respect is a person named Jay Schwan, who uh, grew his practice, sold it, and then ended up running a $500 million uh, tech services group called Kin and Carta. And he talked about the 20-20-20 rule. The 20-20-20 rule is that you should grow at 20% top line growth. You should have 20% profit. But the third 20 is something that I've never heard of before. It's something that... Uh, you know, he mentioned that I, I believe is very sincere and very accurate is you want to have a maximum of 20% annual turnover of your team uh, on a regular basis. And you have to invest. And I know that might sound like a high number, 
It's uh, not. But the agency world has very high turnover. And so by investing in your people and doing regular employee engagement surveys and taking that feedback and implementing based on the results of those surveys is crucial towards keeping your team. The other thing is, you know, financial stability is really important to your team. If you're on shaky ground, people are going to get nervous and they're going to start looking for jobs. So, uh, you know, so you have to think about that as well. How should agencies go about uh, evaluating the profitability of a potential new uh, client before they actually go through and do all the work and the pitching and everything like that to be able to, to secure that client? You know, it, it all depends on the type of customer you're going after. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you're going after midsize or large organizations, you, you know, the financial stability of that client is probably less risky. You know, if, if you win Coca-Cola as a client, you're probably not too concerned about their finances. Now, they might be difficult clients to work with. They might squeeze you. But this is where understanding your gross margin, only allowing the head of client service to have that much resource to service your customers is really important. That was going to be my question. So the 60% gross margin client that you had, what changed in their operations internally that allowed that number to come to fruition? And how are they able to maintain the service levels that the clients expect? So there, there's a few things that go into your gross margin. So in, in my scenario, we invested eight figures in our own proprietary uh, platform to allow us to do work. And what we would end up doing is we time tracked everything and we looked over time what we could automate to gain efficiencies so that we were doing the same level of work, uh, but we were able to do it in a much more efficient manner. So this was a goal of the companies to constantly make investments to make improvements so that we could do things that nobody else could do and we could do it faster and more efficiently and more effectively. Uh, so that's one regard. But the other thing that you can look at is, are you paying senior people to do junior people work? Mm -hmm. uh, do you have enough direct reports per manager? So if you think about it, if you have two direct reports per manager, the scale out of that manager is not nearly as great as if they had five direct reports. And so looking at your direct report to manager ratio, uh, are there are you taking advantage of resources in different markets? So the cost structure in Latin America is different than the cost structure in the United States. And so you want to be thinking about automation. You want to be thinking about hiring the most talented person at the lowest cost market. You want to make sure that senior people aren't doing junior people work. You want to make sure that your managers are being scaled and that they have enough direct reports. And so these are all the things that you could think about that will help you improve your gross margin. Interesting. What is the two question differentiation test? I see that here in your questionnaire. Mm -hmm. Can you explain what that is? Absolutely. Actually, the, the literally two seconds before uh, you, I got on with you, I finished writing a section uh, about the two question test. Oh, perfect. So, um, this might blow people away, but there are a hundred and twenty thousand agencies in the United States alone. I wow. I bet. And yeah. 
when you think about it, that means that no matter whether you're a PR firm, a web development company, a social media company, a digital media company, you have thousands of competitors. And so the two question test is a way to determine if you have a real differentiator. So here's the first question. It's a real simple question. What makes you unique or different? Now I've asked this to hundreds of agencies and generally I get the same answer or one of three answers. Uh, we have better customer service. You get to talk to more senior people or we're more data driven. So the second question is what really determines if you have a true differentiator. So the second question is, that's amazing. 49 other agencies that I'm interviewing for this you know, firm that we're trying to hire had the exact same answer. They said that they were also more data-driven. So how are you more data-driven than those 49 other agencies? And this is where if you don't have a good answer for it, it means that your differentiator is not where it needs to be. So I'll, I'll give you an example. And you can determine if you think it's a good answer or not a good answer, but it's the answer I would give at Rise. Mm -hmm. At Rise, our vision was to be the leaders at leveraging data to help brands make smarter marketing decisions. It's a very long and fancy way of saying we're data-driven. One of the three answers I just gave you. So now I'm going to give you the follow-up. That's, that's great. I just met with 49 other agencies, and they said that they're also data-driven. How are you more data-driven than those 49 other agencies? Well, the reality is that uh, there's all sorts of different types of data. There's media data, customer data, consumer data, pricing data, inventory data, competitive data. Rise has gone all in on being the best at leveraging media data. And we've spent eight figures on our own proprietary platform that pulls in on a big data platform, all of the data from all of the different uh, media platforms from Google, Facebook, all the marketplaces like Amazon, social media platforms, et cetera. And the way we've structured the data is that we can have insights across all those different channels and platforms at the same time. And so we can answer questions to identify waste in your media spend and then redeploy that waste to areas that are more scalable. The second component is uh, this tool is only beneficial if you have people with really analytical, strong minds that can make strong decisions. In order to get a job at Rise, it, it had a 22, we had, you had to take an analytics exam, which had a 22% pass rate. Wow. And so now we have these super analytical minds combined with a platform that provides more insights than any other platform that exists in the marketplace, but all focused on media data. And so that's our answer to the second question. I, I also say, and I'd see if you agree with this, John, that yeah. I would tell people who would ask me, you know, who, who should I hire for my public relations? I said, you don't want to hire anybody that isn't super busy and not taking new clients. That's who you that's want. That's right. <laughs> yeah. The good people are so busy, but they will take you on if they want to take you on. Yeah. And the other thing I was thinking about, you know, your, your, your three answers to the first question is like, mm -hmm. whatever. You know, it's like I, we've heard all that before from everybody. It's like that; those are not differentiating statements. They're <laughs> just not. But here's what I, here's where what I will explain is differentiation is a journey. Okay, yeah. it, differentiation is your DNA. 
So let's just use customer service as an example. If you said my differentiator was customer service, well, then you could say, you know what? We, we now have 24 seven support. We get back to you within 60 seconds. Uh, we've built technology with bots that can answer your questions. We've mined all the questions that people ask to answer those questions faster. Uh, you know, so there's ways that you can sure. invest in it. You know, so the idea is uh, once you determine what you want your differentiator to be, uh, this goes back to what we do now, which is budgeting and forecasting for agencies, is if you don't budget for your differentiator, then you're never really going to have a differentiator. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Ramseyinnovations.com is your website. Yep. And um, for people seeking help, how would you like them to interact with you, John? You know, so they can email me at john at ramseyinnovations.com. That's J-O-N at ramseyinnovations.com. Uh, they can follow me on LinkedIn. I do a lot of posting uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, we also have a Facebook group called FAMA, fi Finance and Accounting for Marketing Agencies, that you could join. Uh, and then lastly, connect with me on LinkedIn. Yeah, I wanted to ask the last question. I want to loop back th this back around to, to the first question. What's the number one mistake agencies make when forecasting? Uh, so I think the, the true number one mistake they make in forecasting is that they don't do it. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. You know, when, when I look at like what I need to do with my business, the first thing I have to do is educate people on why is budgeting and forecasting important. And I always explain that everyone has a strategic plan, whether they know it or not. It's what you choose to spend your money on. So for example, if you say that sales is really important to you and growth is really important to you, but you don't budget anything for sales and you don't budget anything for growth, I can tell you that it's not important. This Don't tell me what you value. Show me your budget and I'll tell you what you value. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> I, I'll give you a couple more. The, the other one is just accountability. So when people create a budget, uh, we have this concept of locking the budget. And the idea behind it is that uh, once it's locked and you've set in stone that this is what we're going to go out and try and do, now you've created accountability for yourselves. Once you start telling your company, your leadership team that, you know, hey, we're going to go try and go do 10 million in revenue this year. Uh, now you're held accountable to those numbers. And so, um, so those are big factors that we need to think about, you know, in terms of what I see people don't do when they do their budgeting and forecasting. Right. 10 million, but I have no idea how we're going to get there, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it sounds nice. Yeah, yeah. It's a good number. John, this has been great. Thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I've loved being here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.